are Locked On Wildcats. Your daily podcast on the Arizona Wildcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks for listening to Locked On Wildcats. Happy Monday to everybody. I am Mike Luke, joined by John Schuster. We got Bruno in the background chowing down. Bruno is obviously a big part of the show. Bruno starts feeling very comfortable when John Schuster comes over to record. So and there we are. And so Bruno decides he's going to eat a lot. Yes. Yeah, noisily. Yes. Noisily. By the way. But you know what? He's having right. a good time. We're having a good time. So Bruno gave me a the bad show's, The show's brought to you by Sonos. All right. There you go. So, all right. The uh, Arizona Wildcats continue to roll. They uh, beat down California last night. The game started out in uh, typical Arizona fashion, up 17-3. to <laughs> And uh, Cal looked overmatched. Um, Arizona is really, really good, and we're going to find out just how good they are tomorrow, John Schuster. Remember those conversations we had a couple weeks ago where everybody seemed concerned that Arizona was getting off to slow starts? Including me. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully, hopefully that thing's been a little bit eliminated from the equation. And, and one of the things... I, I wondered, and we'll see how this plays through, is if it's just a matter of when Arizona hits the straightaway. Uh, you know, whether it's at the tip or whether it's 10 minutes into the game or 15 minutes into the game or in the last five minutes of a game. It, it feels like on a fairly regular basis, Arizona has an ability to maybe – there's going to be a run. There, mm-hmm. There's going to be an opportunity where Arizona puts something together. Even in the loss to Tennessee in the struggle against Illinois, they were able to string some things together. Right, right. So – that's that's the mo of the team. The closer I get to UCLA, and I feel like I feel afraid to drink jinxing it. The more I feel like there's a chance Arizona's going to win this game by double figures. The UCLA game. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that, and we're going to get to this a little bit in the second segment because the thing about us is that we want to dive, we want to tease, we want to do this professionally. And that's, I think, the most important thing about this. So we're going to stick on with Cal for a minute. All right. right oh, that's, that's we beautiful work. We're not ahead of ourselves We're going here. to the past before looking yes. to the future. And as we always talk about oh, on right. this show, uh-huh. a big motto for us is yeah. being a harbinger of honesty. That's correct. This was the epitome of a harbinger of honesty before we even let out the harbinger. Yeah. So, uh-huh. um, right. yes. All that's right. a preview on top of a preview yeah. before a preview. Correct. Yes, yes. <laughs> Exactly, but we we da- we aim to dot all our eyes and cross all our teeth. Glad it's not the other and way around. Put all of our shoes on uh-huh. John Schuster in the right uh, way. Okay, yeah, yeah, you're right. So Cal is, uh, you know, they were overmatched, but just watching some of the guys coming off the bench, I'm thinking to myself, Umar Ballo and Justin Kyer would probably be Cal's best players. I mean, that's how deep this team is, really. When you think okay. about it, um, you disagree? No, I don't. Just dis- dis- not at all. But when you were going through the recruiting pro, you the royal you going through the recruiting the process, broad, Mike. Yeah, um, at at any point in time, when you looked at those players coming into the program, did you think Ballo and Kyer are going to be great bench additions who are going to be better potentially than a lot of starters on a lot of other rosters on this team? The point I'm getting to here is is this a case of develop? Instant development within the program, in addition to the talent that they already had. Well, I I think yes, I think that's that, that's a very good question. I would expect nothing else. Um, I don't know to be honest with you because well, I mean you look at them and it, it doesn't look like it should be difficult to figure out that they're both good. 
I mean, you know, it, it doesn't, they're. But if you look at them, there, there's a lot of, I mean, I mean, let, let, you've talked about this a lot. You thought coming into the program, Ballo was going to be raw. I think everybody who saw Ballo figured, okay, that guy's a pro, that guy's maybe a project three years from now, he might be something. Mm -hmm. But right now, uh, you know, that's a work in progress. You're really hoping the Coloco uh, can play a lot of minutes right. because if you've got to go to the bench, you know, you're going to have, you're, you're going to have a dip in talent. That dip in talent has been a lot less over the course of the last few weeks, right. and I think a lot of folks anticipated, right. which re reverts back to the suggestion: is is this because what's what's happening here that appears to be making Arizona better from a depth standpoint? Is it Tommy Lloyd in practice? Is it practicing against better players on a daily basis? Uh, is it just that these guys were undervalued? Would the previous coaching staff have been able to get this amount out of this many players. Right. And that's that's a great question. Um, I think that when you watch these guys, though, what I also like about when he brings in these players, though, is that he gives them time to get in there. I always hate, I hate the quick hook where a guy comes in and he makes one mistake and then you're out. We've seen the quick hook for 12 years. Uh, the quick hook sucks. Vaudeville doesn't work. Yeah, no, no, it really does. That's actually a very good comparison. <laughs> yes. But with so when you got a guy like when Kyer comes in, when Umar Ballo comes in, they know that they're going to be able to play for a little bit. And you know what? If I make a mistake, I'm not going to be getting spit on. I'm not going to be getting screamed at. And you know what? I'm going to be able to play through it. And I think you see some of that. Now, let's get to a preview of UCLA coming up here in just a second. All right, we're back. I want to tell you about Get Upside. All right, this is the read that I always have a good time uh uh, talking about because of how it is written. But uh, basically, here's the deal. If you get... Uh, it's an, it's a, the Get Upside app. And my, I keep... My phone's charging. Is that the Get Upside app that, that just called no, you? That, I know. <laughs> but, wow. it, but it's almost like... You know like when you're on Google or Hi. something? Hi, this is the Get Upside app. We're about to save you 25 cents a gallon Correct. on your gas. Correct. You know when you're on Google and uh, like you're looking... Uh, or to maybe buy something, and then all of a sudden you start getting 10 billion different, like, calls and stuff. That's what I feel like is happening right now, though, with... With, no, no, no. With with with, with what you're with with, with the with, interference on your phone the, yes. right now, not with you know, not with, with the, the GetUpside app. app. But let's tell you about the GetUpside app. Basically, it can help you get free gas. Listeners are making up twenty five cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use promo code. Score for college because we are a college uh, network college, right college here. podcast. Yes. Okay, and you can just download the free GetUpside app and use the promo code Score. It's that simple. It's that easy. Make it happen. Tell them that we sent you. All right, let's get to UCLA. I agree with you on UCLA. I think UCLA is really good, but I also think that Arizona is a tough matchup for UCLA. Okay, why? Because Arizona is a lot longer than UCLA. Arizona basically, or excuse me. UCLA basically goes with a starting lineup that's about 6'1", 6'4", 6'5", 6'5", and 6'8". That can work. I mean, it obviously has for UCLA. But I think it's very, very difficult, especially if Tabellis plays, when you've got that kind of a height disadvantage. Because I think, and we've talked about this before, I generally think that when you're playing Arizona, you need to be tall. Um, because I... 
I, I think that's Arizona's biggest advantage against almost all teams. Besides the fact that they get up and down, they score a lot of points. Is that I got a seven foot one and a six foot ten guy in there at all times. I think it's very difficult over the course of a game to be able to uh, maintain that when one of the guys guarding one of those two is six foot five. What do you say, John Schuster? Uh, it certainly helps from that capacity if you also play the same style that UCLA does or that uh, Cronin wants to do, at least with this team. Uh, UCLA likes to get up and down the floor, and Arizona likes to get up and down the floor. One of the things that um, we're aware of that with Arizona. One of the things that I've been fascinated, that I've been fascinated about in terms of anticipating this matchup is that it isn't a matchup, it isn't an impose-your-will matchup. Right. It's very much a both of these teams like to play a similar style. That's just what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to find out who does it better. Right. In some games, and you know, we, we've seen this, I think Illinois did this, Tennessee did this, some other teams are obviously going to try to do this. There's going to be an effort to limit possessions against Arizona. Right. To hopefully keep the score down, and you know, Washington did a pretty good job right, of this. Right. Uh, UCLA and Arizona approach the game with the same mentality, so it's not going to be a matter of boy, I think it'd be a really good idea to slow down that other team. Right. Uh, and, and the other team saying, boy, I think it'd be a really good idea to try to slow down that other team. Right. No, it's, I think it's going to be pretty much a track meet there, and 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 they're both. We like track meets. Yeah, they're 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 going to go into the game saying without going out of their way to change and adjust styles against what the other competition is doing, they're going to go into the game and say, okay, we do this, you do that, who does it better? Right. And, I like that. And, 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 and that's why I think it's got that's reason. There's reason to believe that this could be a really enjoyable game. And, it, and, and I feel like if Arizona can get things, can be effective on the inside and perhaps use that height to dominate the glass... Uh, Arizona has a good opportunity to be effective in this game. I think there are a couple things, however, where UCLA, you know, can can maybe try to scout it a little bit and see what they can come up with. Right. And uh, you know, if they can, and 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 and, and it's a lot of the same recipe. UCLA can't turn the ball over. Right. If they don't turn the ball over. That helps. Right. Uh, if UCLA has good backcourt play and can dictate that in the half court. That's a good thing right. for UCLA. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think also in transition, if UCLA gets rebounds, I'm not convinced Arizona is a good transition defense team just yet. Yeah, and you've made this point before. I, I may be not now. Now I may be wrong, mm-hmm. but I think teams see that as a possible attack issue because Arizona attack as Arizona is <laughs> an attack team, and part right. of that attack is attacking the glass. Right. So they do, even though they're tall. They don't necessarily hedge back that much in terms of uh, how they play defense. So sometimes if they commit as much as they do to the glass, then getting back on defense can be a little problematic. And I think UCLA is a team that if they can negate Arizona's potential rebound advantage, can be very effective in the open court. And it's something for which Arizona has to be aware. Additionally, and this is an obvious one, and it hurt Arizona about a month ago, is three-point defense. Mm. Uh, and 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 if UCLA runs some materials that can get them uh, some open looks in that regard, that's the type of thing that can keep them in games. All right. Now we're going to get to something because we're going to give you our ultimate preview tomorrow, which will be recorded here shortly. But I wanted to tell you first of all about Built Bar. As we all know, let's be honest here. Built Bar, BetOnline.ag, both of them should be a staple of your background by then. If they're not, 
we haven't done our job you're and you're not listening it's i don't know who's more at fault here we've done everything we can you know at this stage i'm blaming you yeah we are i, I mean we're nice to the listeners we want to be nice to the listeners great listeners are great people we have told you about this but we, we have told you but we can't listen you can only be a harbinger of honesty mm-hmm. so long before you become a harbinger of actuality and if you don't... That's a different kind of HOA. Yes, yes, it really is. <laughs> and if you don't take the opportunity to take the Built Bar, mm-hmm. to consume the Built Bar, to have the Built Bar bless you with its nourishment... <laughs> right. That's not on us. That's not on us. That's not an us thing. We do consume the Built Bar. That's a you see, thing. When you see John Schuster and Mike Luke, you think, you think athlete. You think dynamic athleticism professional hmm. uh yes professional aspirations and that's because of the built bar so again built bar check it out also betonline.ag best place to get all your gambling stuff not to be mistaken with anthony chimino as many people are having it it's just betonline.antigua we will be back with you Thanks for keeping it locked on, Wildcats. I'm your host, Mike Luke. All right, let's talk some quarterbacks and some NFL football. Okay. Oh my goodness. Holy moly! Uh, with those some games. Do we yesterday. have to? Do we have? Can we just stop the season from yesterday? Oh my! Or over gosh. the weekend. Do we really need to watch any more football? Right. Can it possibly get better? Right. I mean, or or at least more entertaining. Honestly, it, it was such a weird mix. The games were entertaining. But only one of them was entertaining entertaining because it was mostly executed well by both teams. Mm -hmm. And that was Buffalo and Kansas City. Aside from Buffalo's baffling decision on defense and that on with 13 seconds mm-hmm. to go that is an aside beyond that that There's was some a really baffling last second decision there there defense. have been yes that and, and yet yesterday apparently you know how they do the holiday the national holiday mm-hmm. thing just right. kind of out of the world um yesterday apparently was national baffling defense decision in the last possession day right because we saw them twice tampa did the same thing oddly they did it in reverse Right. What Buffalo should have done is what Tampa did. Right. What Tampa did is what Buffalo should have done, mm-hmm. and, and and it clearly didn't right. work for either. Right. Uh, but in terms of uh, the, the the weird entertainment in the other three games was mistakes. Right. Uh, as much as it was, you know, whereas Kansas City and Buffalo really executed exceptionally well, and you saw two quarterbacks at the top of their game who look like they're going to be major factors in the league for the foreseeable future play a phenomenal matchup against each other that obviously could have gone either way. That wasn't the case in Tennessee and Cincinnati. for sure. where Where you saw Tennessee's quarterback make a dreadful decision late that cost his team the yes. season. Wasn't the same in the uh, Green Bay-San Francisco game, mm-hmm. where Green Bay's special teams were atrocious. Right. And that allowed San Francisco to move through. And it wasn't the same in the Rams game. Rams should have beat Tampa Bay by four scores yesterday. Right. And, 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 and you know, yeah, I get that there's Brady magic and the rest of it, but you got to help. Right. And... And and wow, did LA tr- LA went out of its way trying to lose a game that it couldn't possibly lose based on how well they played for the first two and a half. Quarters. And I'm sorry, Marshawn, the Marshawn Lynch Pete Carroll thing will always live in infamy, um, just because of the 
the fact that you're in the Super Bowl, the gravity of the situation that you literally decided, and eh, I'm good on the Super Bowl, we'll try something else. This isn't the Super Bowl, it's not the AFC t- or the NFC title game, but this is a team that obviously could have won the Super Bowl. What in the world are you going with an all-out blitz when the team has no timeouts, when it doesn't even matter? And again, I hate the pre-vet defense. I'm totally for playing your regular defense, generally. Not when there's about 15 seconds left or whatever the case may be, or a little bit more than that, where you can give up 25 yards and it doesn't matter. Because that clock's going to run out. They have no timeouts. What in the Furthermore, they have a they have a field goal kicker. Kicker who's hurt. Who looked like Mere Schuster out there yeah. after his injury. Yeah, he missed from 47 by a couple yards. What? So 45 is your cut. Basically, the 28 yard line is yes. what you're defending. Well, so what? What? Yeah. And, and 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 in addition to that, great point, Mike Luke. Wouldn't you double cover the best receiver in football? Uh, I certainly would. <laughs> As and, opposed to putting the best receiver, defending and, the best receiver in football with a safety. And Ryan Clark made a really good point, too, on ESPN. He said, if you actually watch, he said, it wasn't even a cornerback that was on him. It was mm-hmm. a safety mm-hmm. because you're bringing the corner on a blitz. Right. So you know what you're going to do? I'm going to take one of my faster players off of Cooper Cup. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna the win. only guy on the field who you probably have to defend. Right. you got to watch for Beckham as well, but gonna, Cup is the right. guy you've got to really pay attention I'm, I'm to in this situation. I'm going to roll my safety over and Be- say Because no. Cup gets gets the best yard after catch in the game, too, so mm-hmm. you need to stay in front of him. Right. You know, it's, and, and, yeah, that was uh, that obviously did not work. And it, and, and it takes away from a you know, remarkable rally by Tampa Bay, which again was helped by the Rams. Mm-hmm. But one of the one of the calls that I thought was really interesting that because of the way the game ultimately turned out and the weirdness of that mm-hmm. defensive decision late is how brilliant Brady was on the tying touchdown. Okay, and this is why this is this is a a, a microcosmic example of how Brady is so far ahead of everybody, uh, of so many other people in terms of anticipating what's mm-hmm. going to happen right. and how to read defenses. It's fourth and inches. Mm-hmm. It's a critical play because you've just gone through this process <laughs> thinking, wait, did they get the first down? Didn't they get the first down? The referee, they mark it about a yard short, then they remark it about a foot short. And remember, it's fourth down here, so that's a, that's a big deal, right. obviously. This is your last play. Right. You know, if you don't get it, you're going to lose a football game. Right. The Rams... Even the dumbass Rams are going to run out the clock. Mm-hmm. Um, so you would think everybody, everybody watching this game knows. All right, it's it's, it's fourth and a foot. Brady's going to run the quarterback sneak. Mm-hmm. Everybody nope. knows. Nope. This. Everybody knows. Everybody right, knows right. that's exactly what's right. going to happen because it never fails. Right. The quarterback sneak never right. fails with Tom Brady. Rams shove four guys into the middle because the Rams know. Well, bleep! It's Brady on fourth and short. Right. It's going to run the quarterback sneak. Mm-hmm. And he hands it off to Fournette. Fournette gets around one defender, and it's, and it's an easy and it's touchdown. an easy touchdown. That play was brilliant, mm-hmm. and it was a it was a it was such a simple example of how far ahead, in terms of smart anticipation, there's there's something about there's a fine line between just being able to execute when the other team knows what you're going to do, mm-hmm. outsmarting yourself. To where you decide in a play like that, you know what I think we're going to do? We're going to run a reverse or a fade, mm-hmm. you know, yes, or yes. or or just do something simple <laughs> yes. that's f- a little bit different that gives you a the chance. The Mike Stoops, Jerron Kreiner fade or something on Some, fourth and yeah, inches. So, yes. right. So 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 there's a fine line, and Brady did a remark. It's such a simple play, right. but it to me was an example of how 
Nobody reads and anticipates defensive situations better than this guy mm -hmm. does. And nobody on the fly knows how to counter as, as the game is progressing. And it helps that you've been playing football for 652 years. But nevertheless, it's, it, it, I, I thought it was a remarkable thing to see for a guy who now we don't know if he's actually, if this is the end. All right, I've got some inside sources. We're going to talk about that on next week's, ep or uh, next, tomorrow's episode. You've been listening to Locked On Wildcats.